And now for another episode of The Rich and the Filthy, the serial melodrama about the filthy and the rich. We find Dr. Ted Waffel and Angelique in a luxurious luxury car as Ted frantically drives at least five miles over the speed limit in a desperate attempt to reach the forest home. For in the car, sprawled over the back seat, is the inert form of wealthy socialite Rebefni Forrest. How did this strange state of affairs come to pass? Let's listen. Oh, ow. Ted, Ted, she's waking up. Hit her on the head with another vase. Ow. Ted, we brought every vase we had with us from the secret country home. There are only five or six left. We're almost there, fake Angelique. Where are we going? To Rebefani's palatial estate. Where do you think we're going? How would I know? I don't even know what kind of crazy plan you have cooked up in that damaged brain of yours. It's very simple, fake Angelique. We're going to take Rebefani home, put her in bed, and when she wakes up, she will naturally assume that everything she has seen today has all been a dream. Are you kidding me? It's not as if she'll be waking up in the morning. It's late afternoon. I'll set all the clocks back. <sighs> this is idiotic. What about her family? How will we get past them? None of them should be home right now. What about servants? They have only one servant. Their legal maid, Donata. We can sneak past her. She doesn't even know English. Sneak past her? We're carrying her Bethany. Yes, up to her bedroom. There's two of us and only one of her. We can manage. This will never work. Ow. Only four more faces, Ted. We're almost there. This will never work. It will work. It has to work. We can't let Rebefani think she saw you, her supposedly vegetable daughter, at a bar last night. Or that you were wearing boots this morning. Or that I hit her on the head with a vase. Oh. Ow. Ah. I've been doing all the hitting since then, Ted. Why didn't you let me drive the car? I don't want the job of knocking my own mother unconscious. She's not your own mother. You're fake, Angelique. Try to remember that. Oh, to live in the forest home as a real, live, non-vegetative member of their family. That will never happen. There's no way the real Angelique could ever be cured. We could never pull it off. And you expect to pull off this harebrained scheme? Do you have a better idea? Yes. We run off. Disappear. Repefany would never be able to find us. She would never be able to find you. You have no identity apart from fake Angelique. You can be anyone. I'm Dr. Ted Waffel. I'm the only person I've ever been. How will I create a whole new identity out of scratch? <sighs> That's your affair, Ted. I'm not helping you out of this one. I'm running away. Stop the car. You can't back out now. Are you insane? Me? You're the one suffering from recent head trauma. You're the one who is hit on the head with a rock. Yes, and who hit me? Oh, ow. Oh. I used up all three faces for that one, Ted. I'm not hitting her again. Stop the car. We're almost there. Stop the car. If you don't stop it, I will. No, fake Angelique. Get your hands off the wheel. Fake Angelique, you're going to make us... Have you ever wondered what your soups and cereals really taste like? What about your ice creams and applesauces? How about your puddings and porridges? You don't know what any of these things really taste like, do you? Not when you have to eat them with a spoon. Yes, interfering always with your mouth pleasure is the dreaded spoon. That insinuating piece of silverware that leaves an unpleasant silvery taste on everything you use to eat it with. 
Who wants spoonie-flavored ice cream, spoonie-flavored soup, spoonie-flavored porridge, pudding, or applesauce? <laughs> not I, and not you, once you've tasted them without a regular spoon. Try new Ghost Spoon, available at fine new age woo-woo shops everywhere. And now back to the rich and the filthy. Yes, Dr. Blake. Now I'm sure I know who it was that tricked me into having sex on my honeymoon night. You're referring, of course, to the man who wore a mask that made him resemble your husband. Yes, the man who put on a mask of my husband, Sean, climbed into bed with me and had his ever-loving way with my entire defenseless body. Oh, doctor! I'm sure glad Crinoline decided to have her therapy session here in the office. And I'm sure glad I happened to come by with a surprise picnic lunch. I couldn't have picked a more perfect time. Yes, Shorn. You have a right to know who it was that tricked me into being unchaste to you on our wedding night. Wowzies, I sure do. Who was it that put on a mask that made him look like me? Who was it that stole away your virginity from me? My what? Who was it? Oh, Shorn. Now, I want you to stay calm. Just sit down, Shorn, and don't move. Okay, Quinlan, I'm sitting down. Who is this bastard? Shorn, my sweet husband, the name of the man who schemed his way into our marital bed was... His name was... Yes, yes! Time's up! What? What?! That's all the time we have for today, Crinoline. I'll see you again next week. But, but, Dr. Blake... Dr. Blake, you can't end the session now! Why not? The hour's up. We can resume this next week. But I want to know who had sex with my wife now! <laughs> I'm sorry, but the hour is over. Dr. Blake... I have to know. I have to know who it was. No. I'll pay you. No. I'll pay you twice your hourly fee. Nope. Three times your hourly fee. Sorry. Quadruple your hourly fee. No. I'll pay you five times your hourly fee for five minutes. Mr. Forrest, going one a moment over the allotted time goes against every rigid inflexible standard I hold to my work and in my life. My entire sense of self-worth would crumble to dust if I ever fell short of my lofty, unrealistic standards of self-control. But I'll do it. Oh, thank you, doctor. Thank you for allowing your self-worth to crumble to dust. All right, let's continue. What would you like to discuss for the next five minutes, Crinoline? Uh, the man! The man! The name of the man! Yes, Dr. Blake. In my mind's eye, I just saw the face of the man who went to bed with me. And that man was? That man. Oh, that man. Who was he, Crinoline? Who was he? Tell me his name and I'll tear him apart! I'll rip him limb from limb! I'll... I'll stab him in the face! I'll shoot him in the brain! I'll kill him, Crinoline! You'll do what now? I'll kill him! Well, I declare. What do you know, Doctor? The name of that man just plum pudding slipped from my mind. No more spoon, 
No more spoon. Our food does not taste like spoon. Of course your food doesn't taste like spoon, you filthy little brats. That's because you're eating with new ghost spoon. Wow, we can't see ghost spoon. We can't taste ghost spoon. But ghost spoon spoons of all our favorite spoonable foods. <laughs> That's right, you disgusting little cretins. Ghost spoon spoons up breakfast cereal, spoons up ice cream, spoons up soup. Wow. Ghost Spoon is invisible. It looks like this spoonful of cockaleaky soup is just hovering in midair. And there is all you'll be tasting. Your mouth passes right through Ghost Spoon as if it wasn't even there. Yum! Our cockaleaky soup doesn't taste a thing like Spoon. <laughs> Why would it, you contemptible unwashed little creeps? No more Spoon. No more Spoon. Our soup does not taste like Spoon. Find new Ghost Spoon at New Age woo-woo shops everywhere. And now back to the rich and the filthy. Oh! Oh God! Oh my God! Ted! Ted! Wake up! Ted, wake up! What? What? What happened? The car swerved off the road, rolled down a steep incline, crashed to the ground, and threw us both out of the car. Oh, thank God it wasn't serious. Ted, we've got to get out of here. But, wait a minute. Where's Rebephany? Ted, let's just go. No! Where is she? She's still in the car, I think. I think she's dead. Dead? Oh, oh God, no. No! Rebephany... My employer, my friend, my payer of obscenely large monthly paychecks. There's no time to mourn her now, Ted. We've got to get out of here. We can't let anybody find us. Luckily, we fell off the steep incline, making us invisible to the traffic above. But it won't be long before someone finds the car and and Rebephany's body. There will be questions, questions we don't have answers for. Right. And maybe even answers we don't have questions for. Rebephany, I'm sorry, but I have to leave you. You're probably dead anyway, and I just can't take responsibility for it. We have to run. No one will ever know why you ended up at the bottom of this steep incline. No one will ever know who was responsible for your death. No one will ever know. Why, hello. Oh my god, who are you? Why, I'm Homie Homestead. The homeless hombre. Tune in next time for another insipid episode of The Rich and the Filthy, when Sean may or may not say... I'll pay you $500 for just five seconds! You're practically prostituting me now, Mr. Forrest. I'll do it. <laughs>